Hi, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Awesome Moms Podcast. I'm your host, Adel Wilgelenzer. This is a place where we come together and talk about parenting issues. Let's just say I'm super passionate about parenting and want so badly to do a good job at it. I'm blessed with a very insightful mother who is a parenting expert. She's taught hundreds of mothers in Baltimore over the last 15 years, Mrs. Gitty Horowitz. We get together each week and hash out something that's on my mind or a conversation I've had with a friend or something that one of our listeners brought up. I hope you enjoy this podcast. And if there's someone that you know that you think would enjoy it, please send it their way. Let's do this together. This podcast is sponsored by the Intentional Jew Podcast Network. Check them out at intentionaljew.com. Hello, Ima. Welcome to, welcome back. Welcome back, everyone. We are uh, up to episode 31. And yeah, isn't that exciting? It's very exciting. I know. I know. It's it's hard to believe we've uh, met so many times <laughs> to do this. And um, I know, right? And and also we've taken a break for a while over the summer. So we are going to use episode 31 to discuss a an incredible topic that one of our listeners brought up. It's a question that as I'm reading it, I'm like, I have the same question. And we just never talked about it yet. So this is very, this is very, uh, this is a great topic. So let's get started. Our question is like this. What extent should we encourage slash force mandate davening from our children at home? Um, you know, in this person's sake, in this person's case, she has, uh, let's say ages like seven to nine ish she's referring to. Um, but I think this is going to go all the way through teens and it, starts really as young as Kita Aleph, you know, first grade when they start davening, then how much of the, um, of the organized davening, of the structured davening, are we going to ask on Shabbos, on vacation days, um, Sundays in America? And, um, and yeah, so that's the question. So when I, when I thought about this for a minute, I thought in order to, in order to address this, we have to, first establish what's the, what's the general goal across all ages with regard to prayer, with regard to davening in what's our general goal. I think that will help us a lot. I guess on the flip is sometimes you'd say, Ima, that, uh, what do you say? Bad is worse than no So I guess the, the flip of that is what's, what kind of things are we trying to stay away from? What about davening do we want is going to actually cause more damage than nothing? So one thing I just want to say before we even start, you, you just quoted me, but it's really not my, it's not really my, my, uh, my quote. So I, I don't want to take credit for it. I'm quoting from Evidson Spetner, um, which was quoted from her, is that no chanach is better than bad chanach. Okay. Which is a very, very important concept. Okay. So it, it's better not to do anything and the air on the side of caution or just if you're tired, just don't don't get involved in chinuch if you know it's not going to come out right. Okay, if you're doing it for yourself, chinuch is not something you want to get involved in. Okay, but it, it's very true with what we're going to be speaking about today. Um, Sfila is something that is it's it's an it's 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 an emotional thing. It, it gets us very emotional, and um, and I think very often we respond to it in an emotional way, which is not always a good way to um, to, to to parent. 
uh, although we are we're emotional beings, so it's it's gonna have an have a, an effect. But um, so so what's our goal? That's what you started off by saying. What's our goal when it comes to um, to to tefillah, to prayer? Um, well, what what is prayer? Prayer is our relationship is a a manifestation of our relationship with Hakadosh Baruch Hu, our desire to speak to Him, to connect with Him. Right, tefillah has really taken the place of karbanos to be to be karov to be close to God, and we don't unfortunately karbanos yet dead, but it's about a relationship. That, that's what tefillah is all about. And I'll just start off by saying you cannot force a relationship. You can you can force to a certain degree someone saying something, someone opening a sitter and saying words. You cannot force a relationship. Um, so what's our goal? Our goal is that, of course, we want our children to have a relationship with the Boreola. We want the, the, our children to, to feel that, that, that they always have who to reach out to, no matter what's going on in their life. They always have that, that, that anchor. They can always pick up a Tehillim. Life is, we're, we're human beings. We're fragile. And, and we, we, we need an anchor. We need something, someone to help us to be more secure. There's nothing as secure as a relationship. There's nothing that gives us a sense of security more than a relationship with the Boreola. Tzvila is a, is a, is our way of connecting with the Rebona Shalom. You said, what's our goal? So our, of course, our goal is we, we want our children to have that relationship, right? We said that Tzvila nowadays has taken the place of Karbanos. The purpose of a Karban was to be able to become close, to be Karov, to be close to the Rabbana Shalom. We don't have that nowadays. We have Tzvila. So of course we want our children to have, to have that ability to, to reach out in all, in all different um, times of their life when they, when they need a, a sense of security, when they need someone to reach out to. Um, when they, they need, they, they need, um, their anxiety quieted, um, to be able to reach for a Tehillim, to be, to be able to, to dive in with, with tears, um, is something that is very, very, um, necessary. Something we, we, we're so, we're, we're so blessed to, to have that. And the greater the relationship is, and the greater a, a person feels close to their bone shalom to reach out to him, as uh, as as we say, the Tata and Himmel, the Father in heaven, that's 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 there for us. It's a tremendous sense of security. We we want our children to have that. That's not something that we can force. We can force it, as I think we said before, we can force a child to take out the sitter, to open it up, to point to the place, and to say words. We we can force that till a certain age. But the question is, like you're saying, what's what would be the goal in that? Um, habituation. There, there's a certain um, positivity in, in habituating a child to, to do that, as long as it goes hand in hand with developing that relationship. Um, I was just going to say before, when you know, when we stopped for a minute, um, something popped into my head, and I'll just I'll just share it with you. Um, I remember after 9-11, you were quite little. Um, I remember the fear that so, so many people had that, you know, such a thing could happen and how could it happen? And if that could happen, what else could happen? And I remember calling my father, I called Zadie and I, and I, I was just like, 
how, how do you how do you put one foot in front of the other? How do you keep going on? And he was like a little surprised at my question. And he said, what do you mean? And he said, nothing happens without the Ramon Shalom. That's how we live. That's, that's, our, that's our security. We know that HaKadosh Baruch Hu runs the world. And if you're nervous, if you're anxious, if you have a problem, you, you reach out to him and, and he's there for you. And um, it's not something I didn't know before, but in that specific situation where the world was in such upheaval, we didn't know what, was gonna, what, sh- what you know, shoe was going to drop next, like what was going to be. There was, you know, a, a, one thing happening after another. And and the more you have that relationship, the more, I mean, to this lady, it was a no-brainer. Like, you just open your city, you open your cellar, you you get your that your source of security and and um, centeredness from there from Hakadosh Baruch Hu. So that's really that that's really what we 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 want our children children to have. We all want to have that that relationship with Hakadosh Baruch Hu that he is he is always always there for us. Um, and our way of interacting with him and 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 communicating with him is through tefillah. Um, there was a say that our way of interact, speaking to him is through tefillah and his way of speaking to us is through sarim and through learning, through through to the Torah Kedusha. When we, when we learn it, he's, he's speaking to us. Um, so th- that's really our goal. Our goal is that our children should feel that going to a sitter is something that they, 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 they look at as such a, a gift. A, it's gift. a gift. I was just going to say gift. That's a gift. It's a gift. It's a gift. I remember Rabbi Hexter should, should live and be well, telling a story about a family um, who was in LA. I don't remember the exact details, but I do remember that their their um, child had gotten a terrible diagnosis, Lo'alenu, and they were sitting in the in the room where so many people were sitting in the room where, where families waited for their their um, loved ones who were. It was either going through surgery or through some sort of therapy. I don't remember exactly, but they said they sat there with their Tehillim and they felt so connected. They had, they had what to do. They weren't at a loss. They weren't lost. They weren't, they, they didn't feel a sense of yush, um, whereas so many of the other people in the room did. And I don't even remember what the outcome was, but the point of the story was that we have we have to whom to speak to and to connect with, and and Tehillim does that, and Tefillah does that, and um, and that's really the that's like we said that's the gift that we want to give to our children. Most gifts like that are not given over by demanding that someone sit there and open a sitter and say things. So whereas there's nothing wrong with teaching a child that you know there, there's an halachos of tefillah. But most of that's done in school. If we choose our schools, you know, the types of schools that with the same hashkafos that we do, tefillah is going to be very much a part of the curriculum. Tefillah is going to be very much something that they learn about, that they appreciate, that they get used to. Um, and and it, it falls less on us other than to, as so many things of parenting, is to model it. Um, and as mothers, we have to walk a very fine line. Okay? Um, how much does a mother dive in? How much does a mother not daven because she's busy taking care of her children. Um, and tefillah, as I, I, you know, my for once said to me, it is not necessarily with an open sitter. It's with your eyes to the shamayim, I need your help, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that also is 
um, a, a modeling that we do for our children, that we don't only dive in with a sitter, but our relationship with Hashem is with a sitter and without a sitter. Right. I was going to, I was going to say before, as you started to say model is that this is the, this is one thing that is very hard to model because our, our job at this point is not, is not to dive in, in the, in that way with an open sitter. Although at this point, that's true. You're very busy, but the question is, can we do nothing? Like a lot of women want to say they do nothing. And I'll say we make time for things. The question is, can we take two minutes? Um, I, I had a, a, a wonderful friend in West Hartford, Connecticut, who never put anything in her mouth in the morning until she said, and her children knew that. And that was the, that was the Seder Hayom in the house. Even if she woke up a little bit late, we're all human. She didn't always get up on time. She always said brachos. And they knew she was not going to eat anything until she said brachos. Now, how long does brachos take? Even if you take, say each one kavana, doesn't have to take more than two or three minutes. I can carve out two or three minutes if it's something that's very important. And not at, not at you know, at anyone else's cheshben. It doesn't have to be on our children's cheshben. I'm not saying to stand along Shmon essay, but something short. When we say our brachos, we're all saying brachos on food. Do we, do we just like swallow up the bracha or do we say it slowly out loud? That's also teaching tefillah. God, because Baruch gave me this delicious food, I'm taking the time to thank him. Brachos Rishonos, Brachos Achronos, that's also tefillah. So to take time with that as well. Um, but for sure, not, not when a child needs you and is pulling on you that we're having extra kavana in a long Shemona Esrei. Again, it's like anything else. It's a, it's a balance. It's a balance. Um, when a mother... Um, it's a time for tefillah and she can give her children extra candy and she can take those extra few minutes to, to daven by her, her neighbors. These are all opportunities to model tefillah, to model that connection with the Kaddish And again, that connection is modeled even when we're not davening um, in a sitter, but when we're davening um, just talking to Hashem throughout our day. Right. And to do that out loud, like throughout in all different situations while we're in traffic and while we're on a long line at the store and whatever it is that we're, that, that we, that we want to talk to him about, that we talk to him, that we connect with him. He's, he, he's real. Is he's there, real. is we're there any, is there any uh, place where we would say, you know, with modeling is like, we, we want to move away from do as I um, do as I say, not as say I do, not as I do. Mm-hmm. you know, cause sometimes, I mean, many of us, when we have younger children and let's say our olders are in the like eight, nine, tens and our youngers are babies, then, then, um, it's, 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 it, it feels funny to, Ema doesn't dive in because, um, my responsibilities with the young children, but you're at an age where you could, you have the opportunity to dive in the full, you know, the whole thing. Um, it does so sound funny it, a little bit because it's like, I don't have to, but you have to. I wouldn't say that you have to. I would say let, let you her get learn to. her in school. You have an opportunity to. Right. It's an opportunity. You get to. You get to. You, you, yeah. Um, and give her other role models as well. Give her other role models that are more in her her stage of life. If you have a nine or 10-year-old daughter, send her to shul and hire an 18-year-old or a 16-year-old to sit next to her. Let mm-hmm. her model for her what it means to be a teenager and to daven. Um, for those kids that go away to camp, they'll have that modeling a lot 
because Tila something, I mean, you could speak to this, I'm sure you were away at camp for many years. Um, Tila is something that camps, I think, take very seriously. Right. And they do a beautiful job for the most part. Yeah. It's like a right. enjoyable. Right. Uplifting. So it's something that, that is enjoyable. And there's, um, I, you know, everyone's different. Some people like a lot of singing during davening. Some people don't. I think women in general do. So if you can send your children to uh, a minion where, um, you know, there is singing and they appreciate that. Now, I want to back up here a second, and I want to be very clear. that I do not think children should be sent to shul hoping that they'll do what they're supposed to be doing. There needs to be oversight. So fathers should take their sons to shul if they're ready not before they're ready. There are some boys that are not ready to go to shul until they're 10, 11, or 12, and that's fine if they're not ready yet, okay? Um, and I want to speak about that again, uh, about something else having to do with that in a minute, why they might not be ready. Um, and then, and, and girls, mothers usually don't go to shul. I, I'm very pro hiring someone, or if there's a chesed organization in town that you know, girls that do as a chesed to take younger girls to shul, but there should be oversight. Shul is not a place to run around. Shul is not a place to, you know, to, to, to go to play. If they're going to play, let them go to someone else's house to play. Shul is a place to daven, and, and that should be also part of the chinuch. Um, As far as boys not davening, and girls also, but boys to a greater degree, very often boys don't like to daven. You'll find out that they can't read well. And boys that can't read well, davening is torture, literally torture. Because every tefillah is, well, um, well, not every, every tefillah is not different, but there, there's so many different parts to tefillah. As they get older, there's so much added in, and it's so difficult for some of them. So they get a very bad attitude from a very young age. So check in. If your son is having trouble reading, there is no greater gift you can give to him than to figure out what the problem is and to get him the help he needs to learn how to read. Um Every child will be different, and sometimes it might even be helpful for him to to learn certain parts of the tefillah by heart if he needs to do that. Um, you know, you have to go together with your school, but um, it's a very, very possible situation that a, a boy or a girl is having trouble reading, and that's why they um, have such a, a negative feeling about tefillah, about davening. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... So let's so so just to review up until now, we we're we we're talking about our general goal of chinuch um, with davening, which is that um, we want to we want to um, give our our ch our children the gift of relationship, um, and the way we do that is 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 more through modeling the relationship, modeling um, modeling our more our official and unofficial tefillah. Um, and not to push, not to push, you know, encourage, encourage the, encourage going to shul, encourage positive, positivity with davening, like a singing davening, etc. Um, did I miss anything so far? No, that's, that's what we said. Also, you know, what, what is tefillah? You know, you, you will, you will say to your child, I, I want to daven. I want to thank Hashem for my yummy children. You're right. so delicious. I want to thank Hashem for giving right. you to me. Um, so tefillah is not only about bakasha. It's not only asking for things. Um, it's about thanking HaKadosh Baruch Hu and praising HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So that has to be not only modeled, but that has, mm -hmm. has to be communicated to our children. Why do I want to daven so much? Right. Why do I miss davening so much? Um, 
that 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 has to be to be communicated to the children as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so so at this so point, maybe w- could could we talk about what we want to move away from? Like what what would be a bad what would be a bad chinuch with davening? Anything that's negative, anything that's negative. Forcing a child to daven is not my way of doing things. Okay, I think I was very powerful about davening. I saw it as more of like the structure of the day. Uh, that's how I, I I I feel when I with my kids. I say, oh, the first thing we do in the morning is daven. That's the way we start our day. So let's do that, and then we'll move on to something else. You know, if there's a day off or something. Right. So we start our day. You know, whether it's singing Ani with your children, you end your day with saying Shema. So that in and of itself is you're talking structure, but it's more than that. It's it's beginning my day thanking Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and it's ending my day. Thinking Hakadosh Baruch So, so you you are definitely modeling that that, that relationship. Uh huh. Sorry. So yeah. So when we when we're met with um, when we're met with hesitation, what would be the way to go about that? You know, to let's let's dive in first, and then no, I don't want to. My friends are already. I would say how long? How, how I know that your friends are already. How long do you think it would take you to say brachos? Do you want to say brachos before you go? And and if they say no, I really wouldn't. I wouldn't push it. I wouldn't. I, I, I think that um, that it, it's it doesn't it doesn't um, produce the results that you want. I, I, I don't think it does. And and do you think it's different at let's say age seven to ten to thirteen? Like, would you say the same thing to all those three children? Really depends on the child more than the age. And again, why aren't they davening? What 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 are they, what are they finding difficult with it? Because they don't have the the zitzfleisch because they can't read because their friends are all waiting for them like it, it depends you know and and so if you really you know plan ahead of time and you say the night before tomorrow morning what's our schedule so we're going to get up and we're going to da- we're going to daven and eat breakfast and then and then we're going to do x y and z Mm-hmm. So ahead of time, they, they know ahead of time. It's not like, oh, we're rushing. You need to daven right now because we need to leave. Putting it into that framework is a very negative, putting Tzvila into a very negative um, uh, framework. It, it's just, it's, it's, it's negative. I, I think that also there, there is, as they develop, there is a certain amount of positive peer pressure um, in schools and in camps to, to daven. So that that should be helpful in habituating our children to to daven. But again, I want to really, really stress that if a child has difficulty reading, to force them to daven is a, a very negative thing to do. Um, and what about um, offering incentives for davening? I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't incentivize it. I wouldn't do it. I'm not into, in general, I'm not into incentivizing, but I would just say that we have a chart and the first thing we do is we get up, we make our beds, we get dressed, we dive in, you know, you have a check, 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 check. And then we, you know, then we go about our day. It's just part of the, 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 the routine. If you want to have a, a, a um, you know, a checklist that things that they need to check off in the morning to put that as part of it. But, and then we go about our day. We can't start our day. So the incentive is, we have a lot to do today and we can't do it until we do everything that we're supposed to do first. Whether it's, you know, um, you know, those are your days off. And, and you know, once you're going to school, so doing that in school. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not big into doing external motivation, especially for something that is, that is such a, um, 
such a, an important private thing. My relationship with Hashem is is is, is mine. Mm-hmm. So, I, I I is it a terrible thing to incentivize? Oh, terrible. I, I just don't think it's I, I don't think it's I, I don't think it's 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 accomplishing what we're setting out to accomplish. And we have to ask ourselves, why are we doing it? Is it because I don't feel comfortable when my child doesn't daven? Is it, is it about me? Does it make me feel bad? I see everyone else's kids davening, my kids not davening. Where's it coming from? I just ask, just ask you to ask yourself, where's it coming from? Yeah, I was just thinking that in like, in almost every area in parenting, there's always that little perfectionist voice where it's like, it's, it's not a good thing, but I'm saying it's, it's, it's in a lot of us, you know, my child you know, this is what they should, they should do. This is, this is the perfect, you know, this is the perfect, this is what a perfect family looks like. This is what the perfect children look like, you know? So it's, um, there's always a little bit of that, that we have to. And, and of all things, this is, you know, this is something that is very important to us. We want our children to have, like I said before, have that relationship, but it's really not something that you can force. It's something that develops. Um, you know, I've also heard from many other people, you know, in our day and age, what are children davening for? Like they, they have, they have everything. They, they, the relationship hasn't developed yet because they have no need for it. And really the, deve- the, the relationship that we need to develop more than anything is our relationship with them. When that's a good relationship, when pa- parents have good relationships with their children and there's a positive uh, feeling about Judaism in the home and a, a positive relationship between the parents and Akadosh Baruch Hu and their own relationship with Tzvila, mm-hmm. Usually that's going to um, uh, have a tremendous effect on the children's relationship as well. They have a good relationship with their parents. That usually um, re- reflects in their relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, And they will want to dive and they will want to connect. It will be meaningful to them. Mm-hmm. And there's some people that... that um, you know, Tzfil is always a very, very central. They spend a lot of time. And that, and some people, that's not their, their personality. Personality isn't to spend a lot of time with Tzfil. They daven, but they, they do. And then, and then they move on. They do other things. And it doesn't mean they don't have a relationship. Their, their relationship is not necessarily expressed that way. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but I, I don't think everyone um, relates the same way to Tzfil. Yeah, I, 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 I could, um, I could relate to that. I, I, I don't, I don't uh, relate as much to the, to the, or uh, official, to the, what do you call it? The struck, the organized davening. I, I relate to more the, the understanding of the, the feeling of reliance and, um, you know, being taken care of all the time, but it's, it's, you know, it comes out, you know, also it's come, it, there's so it's endless opportunity to, to, to bring it up, you know, and everyone's life is going to be a little different, you know, with my kids, they have a lot of fears. So I bring it up with, with regard to fears, you know, anything from dogs to, you know, the roads around our yeshuv that like, maybe don't like the kids, you know, want to know if they're safe. So we, we like, this is like real, just real talk, you know, we need protection wherever we go. Hashem's always with us. When you're looking at a dog, remember, you know, like, it's just like it's very there's so there's when you like go through the day with kids there's so much you could you know no and as as your kids get older if you you know to learn together with them the 
the the the understanding of tzilos, what 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 you're actually saying. I mean, your kids will have a um, a head start because it's the 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 language will not be foreign to them. Um, that doesn't mean they understand fully, but they they have a a pretty good understanding of what they're saying, and that 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 could be very helpful. Um, you know, is a, is a is an important thing, and um, you know, but I would just start as as a mother, start with your your brachos, start with you know just your the things you're saying anyway, just to to be more mindful of them and careful with them, and and your children will pick up on that, right. What we said, okay, so this is good. So let's just, let's just wrap up. What we said was um, our main goal is to um, give over this gift of relationship that is a possibility for our children to have with Hashem. And the way we're going to do that is to not demand or force, but to encourage um, encourage the, the davening itself but even more so to model the relationship and to um, bring up Hashem throughout the day in in a matter of you know in in the way we're taken care of and um, and then also to realize that if a kid's not going to if a kid's not davening um, that it's possible that there are other reasons and we should we can help them out um, to make it possible for them. Particularly the reading, I keep stressing that because it's it's a very big problem, especially we find with boys, with girls as well, but especially with boys, with girls as well, but especially with boys. Um, make sure that they're able to decode, that they're actually able to read and they're not falling over themselves and practice with them or get them specific help. There are reading specialists, um, Korea specialists, very important. And, and I also want to just, you know, the, the, the age that we live in, we have so many things to help us um, as mothers and as wives and as homemakers and as working women um, to make things easier for us. We should take a little bit of that extra time that we have because of all those things and and use it for Tila mm-hmm. instead of, you know, and, and just ourselves. Make it a, a greater importance in our lives. And very often that will that will trickle down to our children as a session. Mm-hmm. I know we're finished our conversation, but it's funny that you're like saying that again now. Cause I'm always like, I always take the, like, I always pull the other way. Cause I, I don't know. There's just nothing like looking at a, a woman with a sitter and they're like little two-year-olds pulling on their arm. And I don't know. It just doesn't seem right. And so I totally pull the other way. Like I do not open a sitter. Like the other day I had a morning free and I wasn't with kids and I wanted to daven and I couldn't find a sitter. And then I realized that I haven't davened for years, <laughs> but it's, I'm not proud of it in that, like in a silly way, but in a, like, I am so hyper-focused on, to me, it's like, I have to make a decision that I don't daven. I know, I know this is not, you're saying that this is not such a, maybe the way to go, but for me, I have to, because otherwise every day I'm like, maybe I should more, maybe I could, maybe I this, and I'm always like, instead of being purely focused. So, so start with something, like I said before, something very, very small. Really can, can focus your day. Mm-hmm. And it literally takes five minutes. Right. You did. Five I remember minutes. you told me you used to do that, right? When your kids were little, when we were kids little. Were little. I tried to get up before the kids did. And just, 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 it focuses your day what's important in life and to be, and to be grateful. There's so many things to be grateful for. I mean, that's what Berchus does. 
-hmm. it's constantly recenters you to, to, for gratitude. So, um, um, so to take that and to begin to model that at your stage. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you for that. And thank you for this great answer. I think it will be helpful. Thank you for joining our discussion today. We hope you found it meaningful. If you have any specific questions or general topics you'd like us to discuss, send them our way. Awesomemomparenting at gmail.com. Your thoughts and feedback are so helpful to all of us.